folks, welcome into a brand new episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Sports. As always, Wake Jotkins here with Long Island Nick. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from here, from me here on Nassau County on Long Island. Uh, maybe someday we'll finally see each other's beautiful faces in person. And joining us uh, for the first time of the year, Konzi's out. He's on the IL, just like everyone I told you to pick up last week. Some guy named Steve, first winner of actually our the Trainwreck Fantasy uh, uh, FanDuel contest that we did. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's nice to see this come full circle. You've been doing a lot of work, putting out some great articles, joining the Degenerate Danger Zone, if I'm not mistaken, sometimes. How's it going for you? It's going good. Happy to be here. Excited to talk some fancy baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But before we talk about fancy baseball, there's something even more important that I got to talk to you guys about. It's spring. Flowers are blooming. The grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. And thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about the ball trimmers, everyone. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use promo code TRAINWRECK. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. I'm one of them. Some of our guests from the cap last week, Dolphins Talk, they're some of them too. Manscaped is here to make sure you are trimmed, smelling nice. After all, it is time for some spring cleaning. Also, it might be spring, but when I, I said it last week, you need a razor with a headlight on it. Because as I said, using a razor without a headlight is like driving in a blizzard in Buffalo without your without your high beams on. You just can't do it. Don't make yourself suffer any longer. Manscaped, you see the promo code going along at the bottom of the screen there. So a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, most notably, I think, uh, actually, first we'll get some listener questions that we had someone chime in on Twitter, basically saying that they have an influx of second base eligible players, and they're trying to figure out who to keep, who to trade, who to drop, things of that nature. Guys, including Gavin Lux, who I really, really do like, even though he might be off to the worst start out of all of them so far. Also, Nick Solak, Ty France, Jazz Chisholm Jr., and Jonathan India. Um, so uh, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, I'm not looking at my, my at my iPad right now because I'm talking. But uh, for, for for my perspective, the, the one that's a clear yes you keep is Gavin Lux. One, because yeah. his trade value is the lowest because he's off to the worst start. And two, I think his ceiling is definitely higher than the others. Uh, is that is that kind of, is that mistaken? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you're not going to get much for Lux right now. He's batting 200, but he has the highest potential out of all five by far, in my opinion. And he's a guy who could flirt with 2020, really. I, he could get 20 things, 20 steals. And he's on the best team, without yeah, question. Exactly. He's in the best lineup, so he'll get all the counting stats. I, you're not going to get good value for him right now, so don't trade him. Hold on to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Nick, we'll send you to you for the next one. Nick Solak, the other one of the other second baseman he has. More position flexibility because he's also an outfielder. Um, what is your take on maybe what he should do with Nick Solak at this point with the depth he has? So with Nick Solak, um, a kind of similar situation. He doesn't have the upside that Lux has, but he's only batting 231 this season. Yeah. Um, I think at this point you're not really going to get a tremendous return on him. Mm -hmm. I'd probably stick it out with him um, and not not get rid of him at this point. Um, but Lux is kind of the Lux is kind of the guy in my opinion, just like you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, but you got to stick with uh, Lux is the one that's going to be. To Stevie's point, he's going to be a 2020 guy, um, or he could be a 2020 guy. He's yeah. got that kind of skill, and in that lineup, like you said, he's going to see those at bats. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you talk about Nick Solak, 
he's a he's a nice player, but mm-hmm. you're not really going to get too much for him at 231 right now. It's not really a sell-high opportunity for him. I think you stick it out with him as well. Yeah. And then next up, Ty France, uh, ranked 104 on Yahoo right now out of all players, not second baseman, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, he's despite having 15 strikeouts and 41 at-bats, that's nothing really to be desired. For me, if you're in a categories league with a lot of categories, like I'm in one with 19 different categories, which is far too many. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) It's a fucking lot. (laughs) But, you know, if you're you're in a league with a lot of categories, I think that's easier to stomach because you have so many other opportunities to strikeouts every week. But if you're in a points league, I don't even know how those work. Do strikeouts really weigh that much against you in a points league? That's what I've heard. I tend to do category leagues for the most part, so I'm not yeah. too familiar with points. But like I've heard, I've, a lot of the guys who do strike out a lot, their values a lot less in points league. And the thing with France too, another reason why I'm kind of off him, he could lose playing time. Kyle Lewis is coming off the IL soon. Dylan Moore, but has played six games at second base, and I know he's been struggling, but he can take time at second base. And then top prospect Jared Kalanick, who I'll probably talk about later, if he gets called up. Not as many at-bats for France. I don't see him as an everyday type of player. Yeah, I don't really either. Um, but at the same time, he is, you could say, off of off to the hottest start. So if you're, yeah. you know, if there's someone in your league who's, you know, has needs that depth at these positions where they're willing to take on, you know, all those strikeouts and just maybe they're not the biggest MLB fan and they don't know exactly who Ty France is and everything. They don't know that he's going to regress. He's not the hitter that he's proven to be over the first two and a half weeks of the season. Um, He's someone that you can probably, you might be able to fetch value for, but it's probably not worth keeping around. So that might be the first name I dangle out there. Um, Under Jazz Chisholm, uh, he gets more stolen bases than the rest of them. They're all kind of stolen bases, guys, but he might get more than the rest of them. But I said before we got on here, he's not hitting really well at all, and he's still the ranked 149th player on Yahoo just because he is a stolen base guy. Um, He can hit for power. He doesn't hit for contact, but he doesn't really have a lot of of power anyways. He's like Billy Hamilton if Billy Mm -hmm. Hamilton never got hype because he didn't deserve it, but he's a worse Billy Hamilton. So um, I I like the idea of trading him, but I think that's a better idea than it is a reality, right? Yeah, I don't think you'll get too much for him. If someone's desperate for steals and say he steals three or four bags in this week, then that's when you want to pounce. Because, you know, people will actually sell out for guys who can steal like that. Mm -hmm. But he's just not as good a hitter as the other five. And I just, I don't know. I. I wouldn't cut ties with him if you don't have to, because like I said, you, you could try to hold out, see if he gets a few steals and trade him, but I don't think you'll get much. And then the last one here, Jonathan India, uh, actually off to the best start, actually. Yeah. Out of all these guys uh, hitting 353 on base percentage of 400 because he added a walk in there. Only eight strikeouts, uh, which is significantly less than yeah. Ty France. I don't see him keeping this up, though. So as, as much of a revelation that he's been – Mm-hmm. he could actually get you the best return on investment for trading him. So yeah, I think I'm on team trade India, like keep Lux and Solak and then see what you can get for either France Chisholm in India. I don't mind that. The only problem you'll have with trying to trade India right now, he has zero steals and zero home runs. And those mm-hmm. are kind of two key stats people look towards every time. Yeah. When you see a goose egg in both, it's really hard to get the value you want for that player. 
And the thing I do like about India, I think he's kind of locked himself into an everyday role for the Reds. So he's yeah. going to get you consistent at-bats all year. And he's kind of turned himself, especially metrics-wise, into a really solid contact hitter, mm-hmm. which if you just keep a guy like that in your lineup, just a steady guy who can bat, you know, 280 plus, and India does have 10, 15 home runs still upside in both. I don't mind like holding on to him, but it, like you said, if you get a good offer, if someone's really looking at that average and wants to overpay, then go ahead and trade him. But India's definitely a guy I would, might hang on to a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Steve. I think, I think you could. I think you could really test the market with him if you want to you could f- get some feelers. Um, but, but you know, when it's all said and done, I think that he's a guy that's not really going to fetch as much because of that low stolen base total. Right. So, yeah. you know, you might get someone, if you have someone in your league that's inexperienced and they're going to look at batting average. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, but to Stevie's point, you know, 10 to 15 home runs, if you hang on to him, you know, on an off night, you put him in the lineup and he gets, he goes two for three. Who's better than you? So, I think I think you're in a good spot with with keeping uh, hanging on to India if you don't fetch too much from him. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Uh, and and honestly, like he he said that he has a lot of middling talent at second base. And like, yeah, this isn't an all star roster of second baseman that you want on your fantasy team. But I don't think he's in that bad a shape because of the position I, flexibility these guys have. Like it sounded like in the tweet that he was down on himself for having these guys. I don't <laughs> mind it at all. Lux yeah. and Solak have great upside, and like I said, yeah. India's. I, you know, consistent plug-in. He's not going to really kill you. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the depth factor that he has right now in in the middle is looking really good. So yeah, especially if you if you're in a league with middle infielders where you play them, and there's people who are mm-hmm. out with Fernando Tatis now. They're without Andrelton Simmons now potentially too. A guy who I said to pick up last week. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so it wasn't a bad idea. It wasn't a bad idea. It was no, a he's great a idea. He's the 63rd yeah. ranked fantasy baseball player right 100%. now. And it's, you know, it's, it's paid off for me so far. I picked him up in the, within the first week of the, of the season. And, you know, it did well for me for the most part. Uh, is out with COVID, so he's out with the, for at least 10 days. Transition to talking about the rest of the MLB. Uh, Nick, I hope we answered your question, uh, if you're watching right now, um, about who you could keep. But, yeah, Andrew Simmons out with COVID for at least 10 days. And, you know, he, he I do wish him a speedy recovery first and foremost. That's the first thing we have to say here because I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw a story earlier where there's this one NBA player who needs to, like, use an inhaler between timeouts or whenever there's a timeout just yeah. because he had COVID. So, like, for athletes, this is severe. It's not a joke. It's April of 2021, and we're still saying that sometimes. So, um, you know, Angleton Simmons, Taylor Rogers neighborhood, that is my team. We look forward to uh, welcoming back into the lineup with open arms. Um, but you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. It seems like it, luckily shortstops, the, maybe the deepest position in baseball right now. Yeah, um, yeah. but it sucks to see so many good guys go down like this. Um, yeah. and then Julian Merriweather, who I also said, cons cons said it last week. He yeah. still doesn't apologize for taking my guy. And I, <laughs> and you know, I accept that it's, it is what it is, uh, but 4.1 innings pitch, two saves, a hold, the hold only happened because he was taken out of the game early. Um, and seven strikeouts. No earned runs, 0.46 whip. Like, he was as reliable as it gets as a relief pitcher right now. Yeah. And now between Jordan Romano and Rafael Delis, or Delis, I don't know how to say his last name, is there any – like, the the, the the Jays closers just aren't desirable anymore, right? Yeah. No. Okay, that was the fastest conversation we'll ever have. <laughs> uh, I know – Nick, uh, I know you wanted to talk – you know, air, air the grievances. What's going on yeah. with the Yankees? 
who's fantasy uh, relevant on there still? So, so one of my buddies is is comparing this team to the 80s Yankees, um, where they had a bunch of good players. They didn't really have the player that could take over um, and lead this team. Now, I disagree with them to an extent. I think Aaron Judge is the leader of this baseball team, um, but they've got issues right now. It, it feels it doesn't feel like the Yankees of the last two three years. And, um, you know, the 2017, 2018, 2019 year, last year was a weird year, but obviously, you know, they, they went to the playoffs. They played a great series with the Rays, uh, who ended up going to the World Series. Um, you look at the Yankees right now, they don't have that spark. They don't have that feeling. Like when I'm watching the game, it's boring. It's, it's lazy baseball. And you're seeing some of these guys that Aaron Boone trusts not step up. And, and I mean, Booney's got something that I have a problem with as well right now with, with some of his decisions. But, you know, you look at someone like Aaron Hicks, you know, you bat that guy in the three hole for the first week of the season and he's bat, he's a lifetime 231 hitter. Um, yeah, he's got a great eye. He gets on base, but they're not throwing him balls because he can't hit. So, you know, you talk about some of the lineup issues that they're having right now. Gary Sanchez came off to a hot start, but he's fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that's hitting the ball hard right now. So I do like what I'm seeing from him. But this team is a double play machine. They've got 14 double plays in the first 12 games. Wow. Leading the league in double plays. I mean, you can't win baseball games like that. Right. I'd rather see them fly out to the warning track trying to hit home runs and strike out than ground into double plays and kill rallies. Just put themselves <laughs> out of inning, out of inning, out of inning. It just keeps happening. Um, and then on the flip side of everything, you look at a team like the Red Sox, who uh-huh. what they are, they're not supposed to be there this year. They're not. They remind <laughs> me of the 17 Yankees. They've won eight straight games. They're getting hits, timely hits. They're tearing the cover off the ball right now, and they're playing great defense. So mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of the Sabres during the 10-game win streak where yep. they were just playing well in the right moments, getting it to overtime, winning weird games, but the underlying numbers weren't good. You know, it's 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 something like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, Wake, when it comes – at the end of the day, when, that's for you, Conzi. <laughs> When it comes when it comes all together full circle, I don't see the Red Sox sustaining this. And I know I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off saying that. But obviously, my homer is coming out of me a little bit right now. But also, they're young. And, and yeah. I don't think the Red Sox are that far away. And don't get me wrong, an eight-game winning streak at any level is impressive. But when you put together a 162-game season, it's tough to keep up what they're doing right now. Um, they might get in a wild card spot, but I don't see them winning the division or anything like that. I hope I'm not going to eat my words at the end of the season, but I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on that note, keeping it fantasy relevant here, Matt Barnes looked good getting his first save of the season. Um, but, you know, yeah. he's someone that's going to be owned based on his name, right? Exactly. Especially, yeah. like, you know, Red Sox homers are in nearly every fantasy league out there probably. <laughs> and someone drafted Matt Barnes stupid early. And is there I just I feel like regression is gonna hit Matt Barnes and the Red Sox like Aaron Donald hits someone who throws a beer bottle at him, you know? Like, <laughs> like I just I don't see this last that guy thinking. I, just, I like, have no like, that the power rankings of athletes you don't want to fight where all five of them were just different ways to say Aaron Donald was yeah. like, <laughs> the most accurate power ranking in the history of it. Not to but, get off topic, but not to get off topic, but just, like back, <laughs> like with Matt Barnes, you know, it, it, I hear some people saying, "Oh, he's a buy low because the Red Sox are bad," but also he's a don't touch because the Red Sox are bad. It's okay. The Sabers are bad and young. You're allowed to be bad and young. Be right. good later, right? 
Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> moving forward, the Pirates are alive. You know, speaking of bad teams playing well, they've scored at least seven runs in three of their last four games against the Padres, who aren't a joke. You know, um, so you know, are there people in the Pirates lineup, Steve? You open your mouth, so you go first. <laughs> people in the Pirates lineup, you uh, you know, you want to attach yourself to, or is this just uh, an anomaly for you? I think it's mostly an anomaly, but if if there's one guy and he's hurt, so I think you could trade for him. Not kept Brian Hayes. Yes. go out and get Cabrian Hayes. This is the guy who actually has potential to be a star for the Pirates, so he'll probably get traded somewhere down the line of his career. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, other than that, there's just guys, you know, on the Pirates that are – they're doing all right, but it's no one I'm really, like, hyped about. Like, Colin Moran, yeah, he can probably hit 25 home runs, but he's going to bat, like, 220. The Pirates mm-hmm. as a team are not really a team I really want to go for. They play in pitcher's ballpark, so yeah. – it doesn't help as much, and I think it's a lot of – I can smoke smoke in front of mirrors right now with the Pirates. It's just talent-wise, they're just – I don't know. I don't really like attacking bad teams in fantasy just you because you know, you're going to have a stretch of games where they lose seven of eight and they're averaging two, three runs a game. And even if you have a good player on that team, mm-hmm. he's not getting the counting stats for you. So I'm kind of, besides Cabrian Hayes, who I do really like, and I think now's a good time to go get him because he's on the IL. So people have kind of, you know, forgotten about him for a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's kind of all I have for the Pirates. That's the only one I like. I'm sorry, go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, I think we're talking about two similar teams with the Sox and the Pirates. I think the Sox are a better team than the Pirates. They have better batters, I I I, would say. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right about Cabrian Hayes. He's going to be a stud. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll be the next, you know, Joe Musgrove, obviously not a pitcher, but next good promising player to go and leave and be good somewhere else. That's the story <laughs> of where it's. <laughs> um, Steve, we'll get into buy low and sell high soon, but is there anything else from around the uh, MLB that you wanted to bring up? Uh, I want to talk about Shohei Otani. Um, I think <laughs> I, I think Shohei Otani has arrived, and this is the year. If, if, if you were able to, you know, have the patience and take him again this year. I think this is the year you'll get rewarded for it, especially in daily leagues. He looked all right in his first start. He walked, I think he walked five batters, but he had a lot of swing and misses. He struck out seven. And that's not really why I like Otani that much this year. He's, he's been hitting the ball better than almost anyone in baseball. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think he has the second most hard hits in all of baseball. He's batting 364 and <laughs> slugging 795. <laughs> that's, un- that's unheard of. Now, I know the DH is kind of, you kind of have to work around that because sometimes you only have one utility slot or one DH slot. But he's a guy, I don't care. I'm plugging him in the lineup every single day. I think Otani's arrived this year and. If you were patient on him and, you know, injuries are a big concern, but Otani could, you know, help the Angels actually become a decent team finally and actually help Mike Trout, who is the most deserving deserving player in baseball, have a chance to win a championship and hasn't had anywhere close to that. Otani's the guy who can really put the Angels over the top. He just has to stay healthy and um, Mm -hmm. crossing my fingers he does. I, I could, couldn't agree more, Steve. I mean, Otani is a freak. I mean, he's putting up video game numbers right now. Yeah. And to your point, he's arrived. And it's all about staying healthy for this guy. If he could stay healthy, I think you're right. I think this is the year that we see Mike Trout go to the playoffs. And you got these guys on the team. That's the way to make a run in the playoffs as well. So 
the thing I like about Otani, he was walking a lot of batters in that first game. Mm-hmm. He never really got in his head. And I like seeing that. I think he's really level-headed when he's when he's at the plate, when he's pitching. It's something, it's something refreshing to see from some of these guys because some of these guys are head cases. Um this this guy is he's here to stay. I hope he stays healthy. I would love to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. I'd love to see him in the playoffs. Both of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fun, fun to watch. Just absolutely electrifying. It'd be good for baseball. Like talk about like Mike Trout being not in the playoffs is like the NHL not publicizing Connor McDavid. It's right. just a waste of a generational player. Yeah. And like, it's, like LeBron James. it's like LeBron James not going for 10 years. That's yeah. what it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's exactly what that's probably a better better uh, analogy because the MLB can't control. They but can't people the don't realize yeah. how good Mike Trout is because you don't see him in the big moments. Exactly. He's one of the best baseball players of all time. Right. And no one, you know, really gives him that credit besides baseball fans, like diehard baseball fans, because, you know, they just don't see him in those big moments. Yeah. No, come come this offseason or this postseason when hopefully I'm rooting for the Angels. I want oh, I'm, I'm going Blue Jays over everybody else because of what we were able to do for him last year. But, you know, it's it's it would be really just it's like when Ovechkin finally won his cup. And like right, you're sick of him, like the Ovechkin slander. Oh, we'll never win a cup. He'll never win a championship. He's not as good as Gretzky. EK, no, Mike Trout and Ovi are two of the greatest to ever play their sport, and we should be talking no about them both that way. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. next guys we're going to be talking about guys to buy low on. Not exactly guys who are the best to ever play their sport. <laughs> They're guys who are struggling <laughs> at the beginning of the year that show promise to your show. You know, reason to believe that they could be an asset down the road. Uh, so, Steve, we'll start with you since it's your first uh, first show here. Who's the guy you want to buy low on this week? So my buy low is uh, Mitch Hanniger. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason Mitch Hanniger, I was kind of holding out on him for a few weeks. I wanted to see if he fully recovered from the injury, and it, it looks like he has. And if you remember, before his injury, Mitch Hanniger was a guy people talked about as a late-blooming prospect that could be a guy that get you 20 home runs, 20 steals, and a decent batting average. He's batting leadoff for the Seattle Mariners. He's playing every single day. Their offense hasn't been the best, but like I said, it should improve with Kyle Lewis coming back, with Kalenic getting called up. And, you know, I think Dylan Moore will bat better than 104 for the rest of the year. Mitch Hanniger, he's setting the table. He's getting on. He can steal. He's shown signs of power. And I don't think people have caught up to him yet. That's why he's my buy low because people look at Mitch Hanniger. You could have picked him up in free agency to start the year. I think he was owned in like 28% of leagues. He's now in like 70% of ESPN leagues. So he's still out there in 30% of leagues, but he's also someone, if someone has him, you could offer him maybe like a middling pitcher, like a low reliever, even like one of those utility second basemen and just see if they would take the deal. And I think Hanniger is a guy you could plug in and not have to worry about for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on Hanniger. I think we talked about him a little bit last week, too, as someone that you people should be adding. I think he might have been a waiver wire ad candidate last week. Um, so you, so this is definitely a pro-Mitch Hanniger podcast. Plus the Mariners offense, like, they're good. They, they, they have they have good potential. He's not yes. in the lineup or anything. Um, so I, I'm all with you there. I'm going to go with a pitcher for my buy low. And the only reason you might not be able to buy low is because of the name brand that goes with him. 
But, like, find me someone who's off to a worse start than Corey Kluber, at least compared to his expectations. You cannot. You really can't. And when I say buy low, I mean, like, buy, like, really, really, really low. Like, you trade a late rotation pitcher for him because someone's sick of him blowing up their ERA. Um, I think he was dropped in one of my leagues, too. And I think so. I think Meerkat actually swooped in and picked him up. Smart guy. I love Meerkat. Smart guy. (laughs) Uh, the, the only thing with Kluber that does scare me is because obviously we know he missed most of all of last year, except for one inning with, with that shoulder injury. Um, but I, I did some digging on it and it's not as serious as the shoulder injuries that usually derail pitchers careers. Um, it's, it's not in the labrum of the rotator cuff. It's in the terrace major, which is a completely different thing. And there have been a lot of studies about how pitchers respond to coming back from this specific injury. 93% of the time, they come back and perform at the same exact level. The problem is that usually happens within four months. And we're obviously going on nine months with Corey Kluber now, but we don't need him to play at the same level that he used to. We need him to be a reliable starting pitcher for the New York Yankees. And Nick, do you think that that's, you know, as a bylaw candidate, you know, would you, is your home bias saying that this is a bad <laughs> idea? Because I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> so home bias from what I've seen, he still has the Corey Kluber stuff. The problem yeah. with it is, is that it's few and far between. Um, kind of reminds me of Bo Jackson after the hip replacement. You see yeah. short flashes of greatness, but it was short lived. So, I don't know if that's rust being broken off, which I hope as a, as a Yankees fan, I hope right. that's the case. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, you might be in for a long season with this guy if he's on your team. Um, the hope is it's just a little bit of rust. He's breaking it off. He's got some good pitches. I've seen some good at-bats that he's thrown against. It's just a little worrisome that he can't keep it together for more than a couple innings. Yeah, and that's why he's a buy low, not a buy medium, not a buy low medium. It's a low, 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 low. low. Oh, you could get him for a bargain, right? Yeah, he's still eighty-one percent rostered on Yahoo, so like he's not—he's not just available everywhere. I'm shocked he got dropped. Like you said, that's incredible that Miracle was able to get him for free. Like you might be able to trade a a twelve pack of beers for him at this point. (laughs) I would give you this half-drinking Smirnoff Barrel (laughs) Seltzer. That is the last one of the pack. So I, I'm very excited to get rid of this one because this is the worst thing I've ever drank in my life. <laughs> Nick, who who's your buy low? Buy low is actually going to be Anthony DiScofani. So Anthony DiScofani is not really a well-known guy. Um, he's obviously pitched on the Reds, um, had some good starts. But this year, I mean, he's had a little bit of a resurgence so far. He's obviously only had two starts. It's a young season still. Um, but great off-speed stuff. I mean, he's got a 40% swing and miss on his sliders and a 47% swing and miss on his curveballs. That's that's top-tier stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you look at you look at those numbers through two games, you say, you know what, this guy's still only owned in maybe six to seven percent of leagues. He's not he's not in that many, you know, not on that many not on the many rosters, so he's not really worth that much. If he's on a team, you can get him for cheap. If not, you might even be able to grab him, you know, who who knows? Mm-hmm. Um but his fastball is being helped big time. He obviously doesn't have the greatest fastball. He's around 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Good two-seam movement. Yeah. The breaking stuff is really helping his fastball game. It's really setting the table for that fastball. He's learning how to pitch backwards. And I know we talk about uh, a couple of terms that we talked about, Wake, that maybe not everyone understands. But when you talk about pitching backwards, he could start them off with the breaking stuff to get that, get that set up for his fastball. 
And that's what he's been doing really well this year. And he's been seeing some results on some strikeouts, which he's not really a strikeout guy, but he's got a lot of swing and misses. So I would say buy low on DiSclefani. He's uh, he's looking really good this this early on. Doesn't really show signs of stopping either. I got nothing yeah. to argue with you about. I mean, like buy low, that's a literal low, low, low. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you can get him for free. Might be below Kluber. He's probably free. I yeah, think we can involve three guys that you could get at a very good price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And now uh, selling high, some guys that maybe, you know, you were ready to say farewell to. Um, I'll kick this off because I know I'm, I said I'm a Blue Jays guy, but Kevin Biggio, it might be time to say Ooh. farewell. I, wow. I, I just, really? it's the exit velocity that's really concerning to me. He's never been an exit velocity guy and it's just gotten lower as his year, as his career has gone on. And he's young. I say as his career has gone on and like he's a veteran. Um, in 2019, it was 104.6 miles an hour, and now it's fifth lowest in baseball. Uh, so and I just I don't think the home runs are going to be there like someone who drafted him hoped they'll be. Um, and so I get it. He's he, also he's multi-positional, he's second base and third base. So like he, there's a lot of value with him for a lot of different reasons. It's not like he's a bad player, um, but I just I think that I think the value I can get in return is better than. 80% of outcomes with him on my roster. And it's no slight to Kevin Biggio. I just like, not going to repeat what I just said. Yeah. I just think I can get better. <laughs> um, and yeah, I know that's a bit weird, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think, what you said, I think what you said has some shock value, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah. It's, it's the underlying numbers. I'm not going to say he's right. never going to produce and he hasn't produced. He has produced. He has two home runs already. So I just don't know if he's going to continue hitting like a home run a week for, you know, the rest of the MLB season. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for, if someone has that, you know, that maybe they're, they're short for middle infielders, they're second base, they're even corner infielders too. Their infield depth as a whole is just shot. That was me last year. I would have bought Kevin Biggio right now. So, uh, so who I can't remember who did the last one. We'll go back to Nick. Nick. Oh yeah, Steve started, so we'll end with Steve. Nick, who's your uh, sell high for right now? So I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. All right. Um, well, I mean, welcome to my life. That's right. So, <laughs> so we're going to sell high on the ageless wonder, the 40 year old Nelson Cruz. Um, <laughs> so this is a guy that obviously he can hit in his sleep, right? Of course. Shortened season yeah. last year, didn't slow him down, right? Came out on fire, right? Right. Pick up where he left off in 2019, which was a fantastic year. I mean, he's put together – second half of his career has been phenomenal. I mean, not that his first half wasn't, but it's just unbelievable what he's done in the twilight The twilight of his career. So here's my thought process. A 40-year-old baseball player usually doesn't last very long, right? I mean, there's not many of them that have been around – um, I think you have your Julio Franco's out there that played till they were 46, but he was a punch hitter. <laughs> so this guy, you're going to expect him to play 140 games as a DH and hit every, pretty much every night. Um, he hasn't shown signs of tapering off, but I'm a firm believer that father time is going to catch up to him. And hey, maybe I'm wrong, but the ceiling right now that you can get for this guy is very high. I mean, you could sell this guy for quite a bit. He's batting 444. Like I said, no signs showing – He's old at all. <laughs> Forty-year-old is old. So, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there you go. Forty-year-old Nelson Cruz is my sell high. For me, it's hard to imagine selling high on a utility player. But if there was ever one to do it for, it, it is Nelson Cruz. It absolutely is. Uh, I I had him in the shortened season last year. I think I kept him from the year before too. 
Um, so I'm I'm a very big Nelson Cruz guy, but I think right. I'm with you there. Um, I love me some Nelson Cruz. And, and plus, if, if you sell them too, it frees up so much more. You know, you can do Probably. so much more with the utility spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. All right, Steve, uh, end the buy low, sell high, and then we'll get into the waiver ads, and then we will get out of here. So I may get attacked by Mets fans for this, um, <laughs> but I'm selling high on Marcus Stroman, and he's he's got 12 scoreless mm-hmm. innings to start his season. He's been he's yeah. been great. But the underlying numbers just don't support it. And in fantasy baseball, I really look for guys who can get swing and misses, who can, you know, give soft contact, who can get the strikeouts. And Stroman only has six strikeouts in 12 innings. Mm-hmm. He's only given up one run, but his his FIP is 3.97 compared to a .75 ERA. That's a big jump, and I look more into it. 50% of balls are hard hit against Stroman. That's not what you want as a pitcher. And I just think he's going to start to get a little more unlucky as the season goes on. And I just don't like holding on to these pitchers that really don't give you strikeouts because you're basically banking on going seven innings, getting a quality start, and kind of minimizing walks and hits. Stroman has walked a lot of guys in his career. And his next start is this Sunday at Coors Field. You give up five, six runs in Coors Field. Next thing you know, your ERA balloons to like four and a half or higher, and your entire you know trade values is gone because then everyone looks. They're like, oh, his strikeouts per nine is like you know five and a half. He's got a bad ERA. Well, right now he's got a point seven five ERA, and he 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 looks like he's you know one of the better pitchers. But I just don't think it's there. I like Stroman. I think he's an okay pitcher. I just get a lot more for him right now yeah i'm right i mean even when he was with 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 the blue jays like it's it's like the same story different year for marcus stroman it always has been um so i think you hit the nail on the head especially with the underlying numbers there steve um you did such a good job i'll let you kick off the waiver ads (laughs) we're just going to give two guys uh that we're going to look at Uh, to end the uh, to end week two of the MLB season, so start with one. We'll keep going around the room like this. Who is one of your guys? So I wrote about this earlier today, and I wrote about three guys. I wanted, you know, I said you got to pick up ASAP. They're in less than fifty percent of ESPN leagues, but there's one guy I will just pound the table for, and that's Michael Kopech. He's only. Yeah, I owned in, I believe, 32% of ESPN leagues right now. And the reason is because he's a long reliever currently. And, and no one wants to own a mid-reliever, long reliever. They don't get you the saves. They don't get you the wins. They can't get you the quality starts. Well, how long is Kopitz Cop- going to be there? We don't know. And the thing is, mm-hmm. as he's been a long reliever, he's looked dominant. He's, he's one of these late-blooming prospects, which I absolutely love because, you know, he had a little injuries to deal with. It looks like he's past that. Kopitz throws 99. He's got two great breaking balls, and no one can touch him. He's retired nine, or 19 of the 22 batters he's faced. I believe he struck out 12 of them in six and a third innings. His stuff looks absolutely electric, and he's the next man up for the rotation. For the White Sox. So if anyone has, you know, COVID protocols, they can't go or an injury, Kopich is in. He was actually going to start the uh, start Rodon missed. But since he pitched a a day earlier, they didn't want to throw him out there again. But the White Sox want Kopich to become, you know, their ace or I guess their 
A2 ace after Giolito. Mm-hmm. And he's got all the tools to become that guy. 32% of leagues is criminally underowned. And like I said, he's a, he's being used as a mid reliever. So no one really cares about him right now. As soon as he's announced in the rotation, expect his ownership to double, even triple. I'd just go get ahead of the curve and grab him now. I'm looking for him right now. I'm trying to figure out how owned he is. So I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. How, how yeah. owned he is on Yahoo. Exactly. Uh, actually, I just found him. He's owned in my league. That sucks. But he's yeah. 47% owned. So even if you're on Yahoo, he's out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, one of your waiver ads. That's a great call, Michael Kopich, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Say that. No, <laughs> uh, Nick, over to you. Who's one guy that you want to add uh, in this week of the MLB season? So, so one guy I'm, I'm looking to add this, this week is going to be Wade Miley. So Wade Miley is rostered oh. in about six – about six to seven percent of leagues. Um, that's a real low number. So he's currently sitting at a two uh, a two and zero record. He's won his first two games. He's got a zero ERA. Guy hasn't given up a run yet. Um, he's going to get two starts this week, which which is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. One against Cleveland. Obviously not the best matchup, you know, going against the Indians. But then he's going to come up against the Giants. The Giants are one of only four teams in the league right now that are batting under two hundred. And they're strikeout machines. I think they, I think they strike out twenty six percent of the time. Uh, that's a really high rate. Um, so, you know, looking at Wade Miley, at least going into this week, I think you're going to get some really good numbers from him for this week and maybe beyond. Um, he could be one of those guys that you kind of bounce around with, though, as well. So, I think Wade Miley is a good pick this week for the waiver wire. He is owned in, in a very minimal amount of leagues, mm-hmm. and you know, the numbers so far this year point up for him. Well, that's a nice strategy too. Pick up a guy before two starts. If he has two good starts, exactly. you can sell him high now. <laughs> no, no, baseball, especially with pitchers, is all about asset management. Like, Absolutely. It's such a long season. Your roster will never like over under like forty percent. How many players that you draft are going to be on your team come the end of the year? Well, I I've always said like the draft of fantasy baseball i don't want to call it meaningless but you don't win leagues on the draft you win leagues on waiver wires ads yep. and trades. what happens yep. in the draft you don't lose leagues in the draft exactly you have to exactly. hit on your first 10 picks you have to hit on your keepers yep. and then everything else is just you're cycling in players for daily matchups there, right there isn't there isn't quite a grind like the major league baseball fantasy grind i i really am I it, it's it, the strategy yeah. that you can go with is amazing. You can't win a league just coasting. If you had the best draft, it doesn't matter. If you're not yeah. checking diligently every day, you know, looking at matchups, switching around lineups, it, as much as just benching one of your, you know, bench hitters, putting a guy in who normally doesn't just because the pitching matchup's better. Yeah. That's how you win the leagues. Yeah, true. And I, I, and I would say too, like picking up Wade Miley, if I could, if I could snag Wade Absolutely. Miley right now, he's probably not going to be on my team in a month. So no. that's that's the, that's the kind of movement that we're talking about that really mm-hmm. can get you to that next level in in the fantasy baseball league yeah. that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guy, I'm gonna go with. He is in. He's basically getting playing time due to injuries right now, but he's doing enough to earn sticking around. And when these injuries subside, he's going to have some major hitters coming back in. I'm talking about Zach McKinstry from the Dodgers, uh, outfielder. He is. Like just someone who is drafted later than a thousand in their draft. What are the odds of him being 
fantasy relevant, let alone just like coming into the league and doing what he's doing, batting 321, 355, and 379. Like that's unbelievable. And when yeah. and with Mookie and Cody Bellinger out, like when they come back in, he's earned more playing time. He's earned the right to hit with them. His ceiling, it hasn't even been defined yet. Like, oh. like he is made, especially if you get like in my league, you get an extra year of keeper eligibility for rookies. If you are in a league like that, McKinstry is someone that I really think you need to add. Yeah. And it's like the Dodgers do this every year. They just get three, four guys every year that you've never heard of before. And then it's like, oh, this guy could play every day on any other team. But the Dodgers Mm -hmm. have five, six of them just rotating around all year. Unbelievable. It it reminds me of Bill Belichick as an MLB GM. I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. All right. Last We'll go reverse around the room. So me, Nick, and then Steve to end it here. And I'm going to go first just because my last waiver ad, I'll add in there, McKinstry's 11% owned on Yahoo right now. I don't know about ESPN, but it's probably give or take 3%. So definitely get out there and add him. Uh, Next guy, only 9% owned. And it's not like he's done anything to deserve, you know, you to rush to get him. But let's say you're someone who had Julia Merriweather. You have relievers that are going down with injury. You need to try to attach yourself to uncertain pitching situations where there's someone who's a sleeper that might come out on top. And in this specific case, I'm caught talking about Hansel Robles from the Twins. And it's not because he's a great reliever. It's because Alex Colomb is not. <laughs> All right. This, this guy, like when it comes to relief pitchers, I chase opportunity. It's like touches for running backs in fantasy football. You right. touch just the opportunity. If you add him, who are you going to drop? Erickson, Profar. Like, like you're going to drop someone that you're not going to miss. So if you need relief pitchers, it's he has respectable numbers throughout his career. He's not an all-star pitcher, but especially on the Twins, there will be save opportunities. There will be hold opportunities. And he has a lineup around him, like good enough defensively that are going to be able to help him out and get him where he needs to be to get you, you know, those categories that you need for fantasy baseball. Um, Nick, your last waiver ad for week two of the season. So we're actually going to bring it back to my buy low from last week. Um, The homer move of myself picking Steven Matz, who's one of my buddies who I played baseball with growing up. He's been brought up a lot for only two shows. <laughs> he, really, he really has been. So, so hey, for good reason, though. You know, he's he's owned in about 50% of the leagues right now. Um, looking filthy. I mean, he's 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 showing you yeah. what he can be. And um, his slider, he's throwing it a lot more. And that's, in my opinion, and this is how it was growing up as well, his slider was always his – it was always his table setter. I mean, that pitch was great. His fastball is – He's got a good fastball, you know, mid-90s, probably like 94 to 96. But his slider is just phenomenal. And he's starting to get a little more confidence with it. The spin rate is back up on his slider. Um, so he's getting a lot of swing and misses on his slider. Um, and as that confidence builds, you're going to see – Matsy's a gamer. You know, I, and I don't know if you guys remember from, I think it was 2016 when he broke out into the league. Yes. His first game, he went three for three and pitched a shutout. So, you know, and pumping his fist, sliding into second base, that's the kind of guy he is. He kind of reminds you a little bit of, of Stroman, and it's funny because <laughs> they used to pitch against each other, and they were on, you know, the same travel league as well, which is a tough one-two to face those guys. Forget it. You're down 0-2 if you face them in a series. But, you know, kind of reminds you of that. He's got that fire coming off the mound, and the fact that he has some confidence right now, you're going to see that slider, that spin rate's going to stay up there. 
Um, I predict he's going to still continue to get that swing in this stuff, and you're going to see him continue to be a good pitcher this year. No, I think that's a good – he was my sell yeah. high last week. Um, and it's not because I don't think he's going to succeed. I just think there's a case for regression, but also there's a case for he might have finally found himself. Um, so yeah, right. Steven Matz might be the, the great enigma of fantasy baseball right now of what exactly to do with him. Um, Steve, you've been great today. You've got this <laughs> great insight, a lot to think about. Uh, give us one more nugget here before we get out of here. So my last one's Jared Kalenic of the Seattle Mariners. Now, I don't know if he'll be available in dynasty keeper leagues. He shouldn't be, but if he is, grab him immediately. But I'm talking redraft leagues. Kalenic's 48% ESPN owned right now. And I think it'll be sooner rather than later he'll get called up. He's the number four prospect in all of baseball. He can hit for power. He can run. He's, you know, he's good in the field. He, he's, he's a five-tool you know, potential superstar. Mm-hmm. And the Mariners... Taylor Trammell is there, you know, an everyday outfielder who is struggling mightily. He has 20 strikeouts right now, and I believe just 32 at-bats. It's something just just awful. I mean, he's striking out almost every time he goes to the plate. He's batting like 100. Dylan Moore batting 104. He kind of broke out last year in the shortened season, but he just doesn't seem to have it right now. We talked about Ty France earlier, you know. He's a guy who's been good so far, but if he falls down, there's no reason for the Mariners to not say, hey, we're getting Kyle Lewis, you know, coming back from the IL. Now's the time to call up Kalenic, and we got ourselves a pretty good batting lineup going forward. And Kalenic, he, he slashed the ball great in spring. He showed no signs of them having to hold him down. It's just a matter of eligibility at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. And I think he should be up before the end of April. I really think he'll be up he sooner be. later. So, why wait till you you know you get that notification? You know that MLB notification. Mariners call up Jared Kalenic, and everyone rushes to their phone. Just stash him for a week or two if you have the roster room. And like I said, if if there's a couple guys in a roster that aren't doing that great, yeah, just you know, get him out of your lineup for two weeks. Stash him if he comes up. Then there you go. You don't have to yeah. rush for him. Mm-hmm. Especially like with all the injuries, all the people like Andreflin Simmons going on COVID lists right now, yeah. you're gonna have a lot of people going on the IL. That means Absolutely. that this is your opportunity to keep yeah. the guys you need to keep and bring in the guys that you know, eh, maybe wait and see. If by the time, you know, yeah. uh Merriweather gets off the IL, I need to drop someone, sure. Maybe I'll drop Kalenic if, if that hap- if that's the case by, you know, middle of May. Um yeah. but it's it's a nothing to lose. I'm amazed. he's owned fifty nine percent on Yahoo. That's too low. I'll, it, yeah. It's just way too low. He's yeah. he's a five-tool, top five prospect, potential superstar. He could win rookie of the year as soon as he gets called up. That's the type of like skills he has. He's shown he can hit at every level, and he mm-hmm. should be up within two weeks. Why are we waiting two weeks? It, as soon as he gets called up, his ownership goes to 85% plus. So what are you waiting for? If you have the yeah, roster spot, it. just grab him. Mm-hmm. And if he's available in a dynasty league, I mean, oh my God. I he should mean, be hundred percent in every dynasty league. You should stop watching this video right now, and you can't <laughs> yeah. pick him up. we won't be offended. I want to see that viewer count go down to zero, and in that case, <laughs> people get out of here so you guys can go add Jared Kalenic. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Manscaped. Thank you to Long Island Nick. Thank you to some guy named Steve, and thank you to me for being here as well. Good night. Now we'll see you next week.